All right, y'all. <laughs> this is the two sisters coming from Marfa. Um, so we are on vacation and we are very committed to being here. So we are here even on vacation and notice the glow. Um, this is the Marfa glow. So, uh, and we are wearing like casual day, you know, our peace and love tank tops because we're on vacation. So, yeah usually do the intro, this is your mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. So this is Rowan and Blythe, Rowan and Dr. Blythe, two sisters, and we're here in Marfa, and we're, um, part of this is, this is part of the Elephant in the Womb prenatal education series, and every Tuesday we are either hosting our postpartum support group, which is called Afterbirth, or we are support doing this prenatal education. We'll put this audio up as a podcast, under Preggers Can Be Choosers, which you can find anywhere that you listen to podcasts at, or also it'll be up on YouTube under the Preggers Can Be Choosers um, YouTube channel. So here we are. Today's topic we want to talk about is postpartum planning. So I've been asking different people to come in and tell us um, whatever their specialty is and what are the things they th wish that their pregnant patients knew before, um, they, or what are the most important things to like look at or education? What are the things that every expert feels like they should know, specific to each expert, right? And Joanna talked about how uh, optimal fetal positioning, let's see who else have we had on? Mary. Oh, Mary, Mary talked about um, seatbelt safety and what to do if you've had a trauma. So this is our third one, and um, Dr. Blythe wanted to talk about postpartum planning. That's right. Okay. I think a lot of people uh, spend time planning for their pregnancy, trying to get pregnant, getting pregnant, staying pregnant, um, and then the, the birth, right? Because uh, babies are going to get birth, right? So it's kind of like a foregone conclusion and something that is imminent. You can't really postpone that because you know at some point you're going to have that baby. Um, and then there's this part where when I work with patients, I'll say, so then what's going to happen? Like, who's going to stay with you? Because there's no definite time of when the baby is going to arrive and come earthside, right? So it's not like I can say on December 2nd, my grandma is going to fly in and be there for me, right? Unless you're having an elected surgical birth. Oh, right, right, right. True. But beyond that, there's not a hard and fast, when is the baby coming? Right, so it's like, okay, then what do we do? How do we decide? Um, and a lot of times people haven't even thought about that or they'll cover like the immediate time after they have the baby come home um, or be home, right? If you have your baby at home. And I like to talk to people and say, okay, so who's gonna stay with you? Uh, what kind of foods are you going to have? What food are you going to eat? Um, a lot of people are really excited to come and hang out with you for the six weeks after your baby is born, mm -hmm. right? And then what happens? You know, the enthusiasm is kind of evaporated. Um, I'm sure people are still really pumped that you have your baby, but they bounce. Um, they've got their shit to do, right? So it's like really planning for success past that six-week pe period. Um, and usually that's when postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, OCD is going to rear its ugly head. So statistically, they say after the two weeks um, when you have your baby, those are the baby blues. So that's all the hormones leaving your body, right? We expect that to happen. All those hormones kept the baby in your body and then they leave 
the body because they're no longer needed to keep the baby there. You have some other hormones that hang out for breastfeeding, should you breastfeed um, or chest feed, um, but they're slightly different and you feel that difference because it's very quick, just kind of like birth is pretty quick, mm -hmm. right? Once the baby's out, it's like, Whoa. Once the placenta's out. Oh, the placenta. Right, so the placenta's the, the real deal here. <laughs> midwife. Mm -hmm. I do this department of the psychologist, she's the midwife, right? That's how we've divided, conquered. Um, Maybe not. <laughs> um, so just thinking about what happens um, after that time, right? So emotionally, it's rocky, it's rough, we expect it to be rough. And so if we have people around to, um, oh, my friend Elise is watching. Hi, Elise, I love you too. Um, then what's going to happen, right? So um, we talk about how to support yourself through those feelings. And I'm like, talk to your provider. Is there any supplements that you can take? Um, sometimes I have some ideas that you can present to your provider, um, but that's not necessarily my specialty. But I do ask you, like, what are you taking, right? And then um, I like to plan for all of this while the baby is still in the body, the fetus is in the body, right? Um, I'm like, okay, what are you gonna eat? And they're like, uh, food? I'm like, no, no, no. Once you have that baby and you're home alone, should you be home alone, you don't eat, stop eating. Um, and even if someone's there to help you, they help you with the baby. Like, oh, let me help you with the baby. And then you still don't eat. You know, you're worried about vacuuming or sweeping or wiping the vomit off your shirt or whatever. Or sometimes you just forget. Like, I remember a long time ago, um, when my mom was still alive, we were watching some show where a woman packed up her kid and they were going to the, um, the mall and they got there and it was 6 a.m. And she looked around and she was like, oh, it's 6 a.m. Like, and my mom was like, that is completely legit. <laughs> where you would get to the mall at six o'clock and think, oh yeah. And then it was when you pull up and it's not until you're getting your kid out of the car that there's no other cars that you realize, oh, it's 6 a.m. and not 6 p.m. And then she told me this other funny story about this um, guy that um, when, I think you were like, the, it was around the same time you were born, that um, my dad and mom, they were still together then, and they went, and somebody had twins down the street, and one of the neighbors said, I saw so-and-so outside, you know, in his boxers getting, like, the paper, and he wasn't wearing anything but his boxers, and it was, like, 10 in the morning, and my mom goes, oh, they just had twins, that's totally normal. So then she went down with my dad, his name was Chuck, and they went down to, you know, say hi, and see if they needed anything, or whatever, and the guy was like, um, oh, hey, come on in, you, you you want a beer and my mom was like it's 10 in the morning and he goes oh maybe some water you know like just time will do this weird elusive thing where you don't remember if you ate and if somebody's nursing or chest feeding then they're going to need more calories so mm -hmm. eating and eating on a schedule is super important and of course hydrating because one of the best ways to keep your milk flow nice and abundant if you're choosing to chest feed is to drink lots of water and what happens is then you a lot of times a person gets super focused on do they get their latch right or whatever and then they don't want to move so then they don't pee and then they don't drink water so those are um ways where just like maybe it's inconvenient to eat or you forget to eat and then that cycles the whole thing about um the hormone flux and then low blood sugar and then sleep deprivation oh my god yeah psi postpartum support international who trained me they say the number one cure for postpartum depression and anxiety is sleep Right, and so when these people are like sleep when the baby's sleeping, um, I know that's when you're like brushing your teeth or putting something in the crock pot that you probably will forget to eat um, or know, making a phone call or texting a friend back saying, oh my God, SOS or whatever, right? So um, sleeping when the baby sleeps is a great like 
goal. Um, and then I like to bring the bar down to be more realistic and be like, okay, how can we get you naps and rests and like being horizontal and supported? Mm -hmm. Right. So resting is equally as important. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I went over to Lindsay's house to drop off something. Sorry, Lindsay, to throw you out like this. And she thought I was the neighbor. And so she was laying down with her baby. Like, I guess they were sideline nursing or something. And she didn't get up. Like, she just acted like she was asleep when the neighbor came over. Good call. And it turned out it was me. She's like, well, I would have got up. I was like, it's cool. Right. You know, I'd rather that you stayed resting. Absolutely. So, yeah. So while you're still pregnant, if you can plan ahead and know that eating is a big challenge on top of sleeping and brushing your teeth and all the other things, um, I like to encourage people to have a freezer meal party mm -hmm. or um, maybe put a little thing out there and say, hey, make a couple freezer meals. Like these are the things that I don't eat. But I'm also like, have some of your bitches, should you have them, come over um, and just like have the grocery store run already done. Maybe you have a partner and they can do that. Maybe you do it two days before and you just pull it all out and you say, here are the recipes, here are the Ziploc bags and just have your friends. It's like a meal prep party instead yeah. of like a baby shower. This is so practical. I'm um, a practical person. A meal prep party. That's really what we need. Your job is to chop. Your job is to do this. Mm -hmm. Your job, get the tin foil things, you know, get, um, put all your money together for your, um, your uh, baby shower in by a deep freeze, okay? Yeah, like, so. deep freeze. If you have real estate to put that, that is genius, right? So like stock it full, because um, people, they might do like a little meal train for you and it's good for a couple of weeks, but what are you gonna eat after that, right? And so should you be in a relationship and your partner, should they go back to work if they work outside the home, um, who's going to put the food in the crock pot? Like mm -hmm. you can say, hey partner, can you put, you know, one bag, I don't give a crap which bag, just put a bag in the, the instant pot. The we're instant fan, pot. We're fans of instant pot. By the way, when um, one of our friends is pregnant, we all chipped in and got her an instant pot that you could um, adjust to an app on your phone, right? So if you're just got the baby latched or you're just resting comfortably and you don't want to get up or whatever, you can adjust it on your phone. Instant pot shout out, okay? Yeah. My mom was a huge fan of Instant Pot. She would be very pleased about this. Yes. Mm -hmm. So get yourself an Instant Pot. Uh, I heard Amazon Day is coming up like in the middle of July. Mm -hmm. So usually you can get those on the Amazon Day. Yeah. Not to pump on, Amazon. But yeah. Put it on your baby shower wish list too. Mm -hmm. Instant Pot. Mm -hmm. fans. Mm -hmm. So you get your partner, should you have one that's going to work, say, hey, throw something in the Instant Pot on slow cook and it's started. And so say they forget because they're sleep deprived because you're making them get up in the middle of the night and help. Mm -hmm. um, you can get up and throw it in the Instant Pot and push it on like high pressure, like cook it now. Um, and then maybe it'll be ready for you the next time your baby takes a nap. Mm -hmm. Should your baby nap. Right. And so just like really thinking about practical ways to support yourself postpartum. And so when people say, Hey, I want to come over. Great. First of all, you need to come with cooked food in your hands. You need to wash your goddamn hands when you get here. Um, and you don't need to smoke. So if you smoke, you don't get to come over and visit because you're going to be all smelly. It's on your clothes, it's on your body. No, thanks. Um, we'll see you when we, you know, go back to hanging out and being social. Um, but if they do come over and you're down with them, make sure they leave with a bag of trash, right? So come over. They don't have to hold your baby, by the way. That's like that 1970s social contract that I'm not really interested in. If you want someone to hold your baby because you need to pee or take a shower or take a shower, rest or whatever, like here's the baby, la la la, that's fine. But if you are like, oh, they came over, they're visiting me, they probably want to hold the baby, you don't have to do that. It's not required, right? So if you want them to, great. If you don't want them to, then don't let them hold the baby. That's your baby. 
right? Yeah, you can decide. Mm -hmm. It's your choice. So have people come over um, if you want. You can also say I'm not receiving today. Um, I highly encourage to have a very short list of people who visit. Um, if you have a birth center or a hospital birth, you don't have to have anybody go with beyond your birth team. So like if your mother-in-law is like, hey, what time can I come to the birth center? Like, oh, you're leaving at 10? Great. Uh, you texted me. I'll be there at 1030. No, no, no. You can also tell people after you've had your baby and you're back at the house that you've had the baby. Birth center stays are a lot shorter than hospital stays. So if you want people to visit you in the hospital, you can say, oh yeah, we have the baby. Come on over. And they're like, when did you have the baby? Oh, yesterday. Mm -hmm. Oh, why didn't you call us? We were ready to receive. This is your birth, right? You get one, two, some people have seven. I don't know, but it's yours. Each one is your special event and there are no social contracts that you need to fulfill in my book, right? At the birth center, I work at a birth center, North Houston Birth Center, shout out. And after you've had the baby, within about two hours, we want you to eat something, especially a high protein meal. And we don't, there's not a lot open or around there. So if somebody wants to come in and you tell them, you know, I'm going to call you after I have the baby and I want this meal here. And it's something that's open 24 hours. Um, and water burger is okay, but I'd really like something a little bit better in your body. Um, then that's something to do too. Like that's a way that you can, people who are wanting to be helpful, but you need a boundary with, they can come in and at the birth center for real, I'll, I'll help monitor that where they come in, they drop stuff off. They say hi to you. You're still holding the baby um, and your boobs are out. So people that you're comfortable having boobs out in front of mm -hmm. and then, um, or your chest yes, is out and then, um, and then they can bounce. They can see that everything went great. They can love up on you. They can bring you something practical and then they can go. And that's where they have like a job. They're participatory and it's a job, especially a mother-in-law that you don't want there, um, but that you want there to support afterwards. And you want to be inclusive, but at the same time holding your own boundaries. So that's an option too. Good idea. Yeah, thanks. Be here <laughs> I want to talk about what um, happens when somebody's had um, postpartum depression in the past or if they've had um, anxiety, it's their first baby and they've had depression in the past, or if it's a subsequent baby and they've had postpartum depression in the past, should we assume or not assume that they're gonna have it now? Assume, 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 assume. So when someone says- Even if they've done a lot of work on themselves. Yeah, sure. Okay. You know, like uh, when the hurricane is coming, we buy the water. Oh, that's true. Yeah. We go and we get some like canned goods. We make sure our can opener works. You know, we just prepare. Um, even though we hope that it won't happen, we hope that it actually turns around and just stays in the water. Um, but when the hurricane is coming, we don't just say, oh, you know, it may not get me. We have some batteries. You know, you know it'll okay. probably be fine. I got a, you know, piece of toast in there. I'll be good. We go to the grocery store and people buy all the water, right? We prep. Okay. We prep. So this is the same thing. We're just going to go ahead and prep for postpartum depression. So if you have prepartum depression, prepartum anxiety, OCD, um, any PTSD, hello, um, it might show up, right? Mm -hmm. So I just say, hey, let's just plan for that. What would be the most supportive thing to prepare postpartum? Mm -hmm. And that's rest and then support, right? Whether it be your partner, if your partner, should you have one, can't be there for you, then let's get your next best friend or your top three, right? To just check on you um, and then be down with the fact that you won't 
text back immediately. I like to encourage the app Marco Polo. Um, they do work on Androids and iPhones. And Marco Polo is an app that you can, like kind of like video text, you're talking into the phone and they can see you. So you can see your friends, they can see you, but you record it and it's done. It'll send them a little note if they have the notifications on. And it says, um, hey, you have a message from so-and-so, right? And then they can look at it and they can reply to you. This is something you can do at 2 a.m. when you're breastfeeding and you're bored to tears or you're overwhelmed or you feel lonely or isolated. Lonely. Mm -hmm. But you don't want to wake up your buddy at 2 a.m. So you just record a little Marco Polo and just talk. You don't have to talk about your feelings. You can just say, hey, what's the weather like? Mm -hmm. You know, just whatever, catching up. Did you mm -hmm. walk your dog? Like, how's Popeye doing? And also um, on Marco Polo, you can double time the audio. So um, even if you leave a long 20 minute rambly message, somebody else can listen to it in 10 minutes while they're driving in the car or something the next day. So don't, um, just, that's a tip for people who might be embarrassed about how long their polos are or whatever. Yeah. Them mm -hmm. Hey y'all, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get right back to it. Getting back to our real talk after birth style. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's throw this out. Um, what about people who just go MIA? Their depression is so intense or anxiety that they super isolate and they just go MIA. And um, how do you recover from that? What do you mean? Like if you just have a friend and, and like, because I see this all the time in my profession that people are like, no, no, I'm good. And then you just don't see him for four months. Like I had the patient a long time ago who had this and I like didn't know how to navigate it. Where now I probably just show up at our house like, hey, what's going on? But, um, and I guess the answer to my own question is I'm real big now on having a social contract with people that after you have this baby, I'm going to need to see your face. I'm going to need to check on you, mm -hmm. even if it's a polo or whatever, but I'm going to stop by and I'm going to have that food. I'm going to leave it bag of trash, mm -hmm. but I'm going to just make sure that you don't isolate and freak out and um, get so withdrawn that um, bad things might be happening and I don't know. Yeah. So like be, be annoying, right? So and I'm going to say before you have this baby, I'm going to be annoying. Yeah. Encourage <laughs> your friends. If you, and like, right. So if I was knocked up, if I was pregnant right now, then I would be like, after I have this baby, I need about two weeks to like get my chill in. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I'm going to need my people to show up for me and love me a little harder mm -hmm. and um, be super helpful and not overstay their welcome, but checking in on me and looking at me and making sure that I'm getting my needs met, even I'm not quite sure what they are. Yeah. So sometimes saying, hey, I'm here for you if you need me. Okay. They need you. Right. And then what can I do? Or let me know how I can be helpful. That's already like four decisions too far down the road. So whatever was helpful for your friend before they had their baby or before they were pregnant, do that. Um, so if they love Cheetos, then bring them a bag of Cheetos. Right. Or if they love going on walks, then go and, you know, say, hey, let's go for a walk. Although in the summer in July in Houston, I get it. Um, maybe go over and open the windows so they can, you know, see some outside unless the baby's napping. Right. But just like go and be chill and be quiet, but just kind of stop by or say you're going to stop by. But just tell your friends, um, I need you to be how you are with me after I have the baby. So like that two week period obviously is like a rough, like kind of we're getting situated. Um, after that, it's like be helpful and like a little bit bombard them with your energy mm -hmm. and then tell them also. Um, so if you're talking to the pregnant person, say, Hey, just let me know. I'm going to be annoying. So let me know when you're like, Hey, like red light, green light, you know, or yellow light kind of like slow down or it's a little too much. That's fine. 
but just get a way to communicate with them. And if you're the pregnant person, tell your partners or your friends, hey, I need you to really kind of bombard me with your energy um, and be supportive. And I don't know what I need. Um, I certainly won't know then. So, you know, like go ahead and be intense and all red light, green light, or yellow light, mm -hmm. you and kind of let you know what I need. If it's too much, I'll let you know. Um, and then just be overwhelming. Just kind of like, hey, let me support you. But don't do that all. Let me know how I can help. Just pick something. Even if it's wrong, it's better than asking someone, how can I help you? Because they don't know. Yeah. They think it's 6 p.m. and it's 6 a.m. Right. Sometimes I'll do stuff like checking in. So like, um, I encourage everybody who nurses their baby, um, chest feeds to have like a chest feeding basket next to them like a little station and then it has water it has um, a, like a snack bar and then um, like a notepad or um, a charger for their phone mm -hmm. like a remote battery thing or um, the remote if they're by a TV and I'll like ask hey can I bring anything over for that the basket the nursing basket is there anything does that need to be refreshed some tissues tissues and um, like a burpee rag and when I go over like I kind of futz with it right like I see if there's like you know if it needs to be refreshed or stuff like that I also want to say if you're a birth professional or you baby worn your own babies when they're especially little you can bring your Moby like make sure it's clean but like whatever wrap you used when they're tiny and just wrap them up you know like if the mom and needs to or the person who had the baby needs to take a shower or whatever or just needs a minute where somebody's not touching them you can get that baby nice and secure on you while like you do whatever or hang out so if you're a birth professional and you know how to baby wear take your baby wear over there as long as it's clean and um you can do that too so yeah and as a birth professional if you go over and they have some of these pieces of equipment but they haven't had the baby to try it out like show them how to baby wear mm -hmm. if that's something that they want to do because when you baby wear you can get a lot of stuff done you know and the baby can rest and especially kind of babies that just want to be on somebody. The, somebody anybody a warm body they prefer that versus being chilling um you can get a lot of stuff done instead of having to just sit on the couch and not move so the baby's asleep I had a couple patients like that, that they're just like, I can't leave because the baby just is only good. I'm like, baby wear. I don't know how to strap someone in a baby wearing. So I'm not, I mean, I'm a birth professional, but this is my department. Well, Angelique um, Jehan, she teaches a baby wearing class and she's fantastic. So I'll um, put the link in here in the comments. Hi, Shannon. Hi, Heather. Okay. Does anybody ask any questions? Uh, no, we've got some comments. Blair says that uh, she did not have PPD until the seventh baby and wish she had been better prepared. Okay. So sometimes like that brings up a good point. Like you're like, oh, I'm good. The first, the second, fifth, no problem. It, depression doesn't discern. It will just take anybody down that it can when it can. Um, it's a sneaky bastard. It's a sneaky bastard. And Perinatal anxiety, I think, is around a whole lot more, but people kind of sweep it under the rug and think, oh, that's just like normal pregnancy anxiety. Um, but when you start having these thought loops where your brain just kind of latches onto something that's a little extreme or bizarre, then you're in this OCD spectrum. Um, and that's a little harder to take care of on your own. Um, so I think it's, I think we just don't. No. When I presented at the Greater Houston Midwife Alliance, mm -hmm. I, don't know. Um, 
I talk to them about like screening for this during the pregnancy. So your provider may not screen for these things to show up during pregnancy, but you can take little quizzes online. You can reach out through postpartum support international. They have something called, um, it's not a hotline. It used to be called a warm line. Um, basically where someone will call you back if you leave a message, but I'm pretty sure they even have some of the things on their website. I know they're on my website um, where you can take the little quiz and see where you are. But if you assess yourself or your practitioner assesses you during pregnancy, that's great because that's where we're usually going to see little nuggets of something if it's going to be like postpartum. So the earlier you have that information, the earlier you can like read some books or speak to a professional like me. Um, there's several of us. I actually have a whole list of resources on my website, which is drblythetwosisters.com. Try and keep it simple. Right, right. Mm -hmm. I want to say also for postpartum, one of the as your postpartum plan, decide what um, some of the activities or levels of engagement that you're going to have. Like we have um, our podcast, which is postpartum yeah. support group, and we have a postpartum support group every other Tuesday, so opposite this schedule. So you can come and join that, and that's virtual. Um, and we even have a text reminder system so that you can, you know, grab your earbuds, time to go. And um, then also, um, I'm a big fan of mamastrong.com. Mm -hmm. They have a very robust... Um, Facebook group and then they have postpartum exercises that you can do in the first week or two and she calls it the hazy days and um, really yeah hazy days yeah the first week or two mm -hmm. oh, I've been telling my people like you know soon I yeah. have no idea right so let's research this more but okay. hazy days because that's exactly what they are right so decide to yourself okay I'm gonna do a one you know hazy day um, and it's not really a workout but it's enough that you're being body aware because it's real easy to lose what's going on with your body after you have a baby either in surgical birth or vaginal birth things kind of have to re-regulate right so you can decide okay i'm going to join that group get a lot of support there there's other um lots of support groups um on social media also podcasts that type of thing and then also um like i think Lindsay and i we went and got our toes done maybe Lindsay and I had would do lunch and toes like every three or four weeks and at eight weeks we were back on our schedule doing it so and we got our toes done at a um it's like an organic place because we're real concerned about the baby like huffing fumes or whatever so just kind of already knowing what what your level of engagement would be especially in the beginning how are you going to get your social support how are your people coming over and then at two months i'm going to be doing this at six months and it's okay to make it plan it and make it like a pop-up in your calendar or put it in your planner that type of thing um, just so that you've kind of long-range game planned it that's a good point too because you can always cancel and say you know what today is not a good day let's try again tomorrow um, but i like what you just said about at two months you resumed your previous schedule like a social thing mm -hmm. right so if you know at two months and you tell your friends that we were going every month or something to get your toes done say hey at two months i want to resume what we used to do or if you always you know go to lunch with a friend on a wednesday then you can say hey let's start that back up on wednesday and it might happen every other wednesday um, after two months out but like, that's really smart to just kind of, that's another way to remember. It's like, oh, we always did this. So let's try for that. It's okay if it doesn't work out or you might have to modify it. Like if you always went to St. Arnold's Brewery on Thursday nights, you might want to modify that to something that's baby friendly. Mm -hmm. um, or not, hey, have a beer. Right, or you might be able to work up towards getting a babysitter, you know, like babysitter could be mom mother-in-law neighbor person that you love another friend who has kids who was not going to the st arnold's brewery 
Um, I don't know. When they're little, they're easy to tote around, though. Oh, see? Yeah, you just baby wear, baby wear your baby into St. Arnold's. Nobody cares. I actually had a client from Australia, and they did that at, like, six weeks. They took a walk because there was a pub, like, um, three blocks away. So that was their first outing as they took the baby to a bar. And <laughs> nobody noticed. You know, she's, I think her husband wore the baby and stuff. And they just went there, and they're like, who cares? You know, it was, um, wasn't a smoky one. It was just, like, a local neighborhood thing. And, and that was her getting out. So that's good. It's good. Right. Well, um, I think at a different time, I'd like to ask you back so that you do, we talk about perinatal anxiety, because mm -hmm. I think that's super underdressed. Um, but today's focus is planning your postpartum. And every, there's called something called ROI, return on investment. It's a business term. And planning your postpartum has a huge ROI. Yes. So even if you over plan or whatever, any amount of planning for postpartum is gold. And it's got lots of value and um, one thing, if you are um, in therapy, you know, deciding how you're going to get your therapy. Mm -hmm. So a lot of folks with you, don't, if they've been seeing you in person, they schedule um, uh, a virtual. Yeah, we do. I always tell my patients to text me a picture of their baby when they have it. Um, so they don't have to tell me anything about the birth um, because it's a lot. So I'm like, just shoot me a little photo of your baby. Then I'll know that I start in my mind the two-week clock. So then I look on the schedule and see when their next appointment is. If it's next week, I know we're going to probably skip that. So I want to see my people at two weeks um, and it'll be virtual. We're preparing. There's a dog walking by. <laughs> we have our dogs in here. <laughs> so um, I like to see people virtually at two weeks after they have their baby. Um, so by getting that little picture, it starts that clock and then I can go in and look at the system um, and make sure. And then I also assess at one week out. I'm like, hey, are you still doing okay? Are you still comfortable waiting the two weeks? Sometimes I have people who are like two days, you know, they're still in the hospital. I will go and see my patient in the hospital, even though I'm not typically supposed to. I just drop by and, you know, bring a little thing of rescue remedy and hang out. Um, oh yeah, because we didn't talk about uh, PTSD. So we have a lot of things to talk about, but just kind of knowing if you have a professional that you're working with, like how will you connect with them? Um, how will you let them know that you've had your baby? How will you meet with them after you have your baby? Um, a lot of times after people have their baby, I don't see them again in person ever. Oh, really? Yeah, sometimes. I have some people who have been around for a while, and they'll come back, and we, you know, I've been seeing a couple of people, like, three years. Um, but some people, like, we just get through this rough pregnancy period, this postpartum period, and then they do fairly well, and sometimes we'll do a little check-in, or I've had some people just reach out to me that I hadn't seen in two years. Uh -huh. I was like, oh, we already scanned you and archived your medical records. Let me get that back out. Oh, I'll never quit you. Can't quit you. Okay. All righty. So those are good things to talk about, you know, while you're still pregnant. So the take home, apparently I do this little recap thing. I didn't know <laughs> my patients told me. So recap is really focusing on postpartum planning while you're pregnant. So that way you're set up for best success. What will you eat? How will it be heated? Who will visit you? How will you know? What are you drinking? What are you drinking? You know, we just bought these little powdery hydration things, like try different things. Um, do you drink bottled water? Do you drink trap water? Do you have a Berkey? Do you have a Brita filter? Like, yeah. what's the plan? who's going to fill those things? Mm -hmm. Right? They don't fill themselves. Um, and those little under the sink things do, I guess. But um, so just kind of like really planning that while you're pregnant. And I know that seems overwhelming. And I know you're just like, oh my God, one more thing to worry about. We're not going to have to worry about it because we're going to set up a plan and you'll have to tweak it. It will totally need to be different. 
that's okay. We're just going to start with something like the hurricane. We know that it's headed towards us. So I'm going to plan to eat PB and J's and I'm going to have all this water and I'm hoping that we have some eggs, right? And I'm going to hope we have some ice. And then if it turns a little sideways and it floods the shit out of Houston for three weeks, we'll have to modify our plan. We'll have to get a boat and we'll have to learn how to swim and that's okay. Because we had this plan, we can modify it. But if we had no plan, we're screwed. Planning is where it's at. And even if the hurricane doesn't hit, you can still eat the olives out of the can later, right? They're still they're still useful. Totally. Okay, so I think future topics will be perinatal mood. So anything that's going on while you're pregnant, not just after you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. And then maybe um, postpartum PTSD. Or, or two things that we can talk about in the future. Yeah, and prepartum PTSD and how that may contribute to postpartum PTSD. See, I didn't know. Okay, mm-hmm. so we maybe could pull those all into one. Yeah. All right. Well, well, we wanted to check in for Marfa. So this is us on vacation, still showing up for work <laughs> with our beautiful glow. Um, I looked on Facebook. You could totally see my camera's very uh, kind with its glow. Um, part of this is Marfa and part of it is my computer. So we're tricking you. But um, this is us. We leave tomorrow. We go back to back Houston. Houston. We've been here a week, so it's working. It's been glorious. It's been great. If you have a topic or something that you want us to address, please do. Just drop it in the comments. Um, you can always text us, or I guess you can text us. You can email us at hello at preggers.rocks. All right, this is Rowan and Bly signing off. Thanks for being here with us. Together, we are Preggers Can Be Choosers with our friend Mary, who's my birth assistant. She's our massage therapy primary person. Dr. Blythe is our mental health medical director. And I'm your midwife. Thank you. Thank you.